Welcome to the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas that are shaping the future of agribusiness. Innovation, resourcefulness, and collaboration are essential for feeding a growing population, and we believe the agriculture industry is up for the challenge. Please welcome your host, Tim Hammerich. Howdy, my name is Tim Hammerich. I'm an agribusiness recruiter and the host of the Future of Agriculture podcast. Hey, have you ever had an idea for a business or a project or a new venture or a website or a hobby of some sort and just thought, maybe I don't really have what it takes to make this work. Maybe I don't have the skills. Maybe I don't have the background. Maybe I don't have the money. So even though I'm passionate about it, I should just forget it. Well, if that's you, you're going to love this episode. We have on the show Margie Geiler Alanese. Margie started three years ago a company named Farm Her. And actually, when she started it, it wasn't even really a company. She had seen the commercial of Paul Harvey and the Dodge Trucks and the So God Made a Farmer uh, speech. And she was inspired because while that commercial was great, it showed very little, maybe no, women working in agriculture. So she thought she'd take it upon herself to start photographing women. And she eventually called this Farm Her. Well, in just three years, that has blown up to not just a photography company, but a full website, merchandise, and now TV show on RFD TV. So this is an extremely inspiring story of someone who took an idea, was passionate about it, and figured out what she needed to figure out to make it happen. All of this in our industry, the industry of agriculture. So Enough of me talking. I think you're really going to enjoy and be inspired by Margie Geiler Alanese, the president of Farm Her. Here she is. Very excited to have on the show today Margie Geiler Alanese, the president of Farm Her. If you've heard of Farm Her, well, actually, if you're in agriculture, you've heard of Farm Her. So you know on the surface level what it is. But Margie, welcome to the show. And maybe if you could just tell everybody a little bit more about Farm Her. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so Farm Her is um, what I decided to do in my spare time about four years ago. I uh, born and raised in Iowa. I am not a farmer, but my grandparents uh, were farmers, and um, I grew up in the country. Went to college for graphic design, journalism, and photography, and promptly started working in um, insurance, which is what everybody does in Iowa <laughs> when you get out of college. Uh, and so... Um, went to work for an agriculture insurance company and spent um, about 11 years there, a little over a decade, kind of climbing that corporate ladder and uh, decided it was time to make a change. And so right after I decided to leave that career, I uh, saw a commercial on during the Super Bowl, a Dodge truck commercial about um, agriculture, all these images of farmers and ranchers set to a speech by Paul Harvey. And it was beautiful. But um, it didn't contain hardly any women in the commercial. And that's really what started Farm Her. And I started it with the premise of, um, you know, shining a light on the role that women play in agriculture through photographs and helping to update the image of agriculture with those photographs. So, um, you know, that's what Farm Her uh, started as, and that's what it still is today, even though we've grown over the last four years and included some different parts and pieces to what we do. So you were inspired by that commercial, the the, the Dodge commercial, Paul Harvey, the God Made a Farmer commercial. How long before you before you actually started getting to work with Farmer? Yeah, so 
uh, let's see, that aired like literally the weekend after I left my career and had no idea what I was going to do. Um, I, I had known I needed to change. So, you know, that aired that weekend and I didn't think a thing of it when I saw the commercial, but then a couple weeks later I read an article in the newspaper that pointed out, yeah, you know, that was beautiful, but where were the women? And that just hit me like a ton of bricks because when I watched the commercial, I didn't ever stop to think about how many women were in it or if women were in it at all. And so it was a couple weeks later. It was about mid-March when I, uh, you know, came up with this idea that I would start photographing women in agriculture. And um, then it took me a couple more weeks to get my act together to find somebody to photograph. And so April 17th, 2013 was the very first woman that I photographed. She was in Atlantic, Iowa, and um, I'll never forget that day. It was it was like 40 degrees and like sleeting, you know, because that's what happens in April in Iowa. Um, but yeah, so uh, not that long uh, afterwards until I actually got the ball rolling. And was it a website at that time? So you, you took her picture, you posted to a website. What was your? I, and I'm curious. Maybe we could back up even further. What was that call like to her? Hey, I'm Margie. I want to photograph you. Uh, how did that go? It went something like, hi, my name is Margie. I have this idea to photograph women in agriculture, you know, women working on farms. And I have no idea what I'm going to do with these pictures. <laughs> and I, I was so scared because I remember thinking she's going to say not, no way. You know, why would I let this person who I've never met come take pictures? And she has no idea what she's going to do with them, you know. Um, but she didn't say no. She said yes. And, um, you know, she real the idea really resonated with her. And after I photographed at her farm, um, uh, she shared some names of her friends with me. And those are the women that I photographed to get this started. So April 17th, 2013 was the first one I photographed. I spent the next few months photographing seven women right here, you know, mostly around central Iowa. And, um, I still didn't really know, but you know, as I started taking these pictures and started really liking what I was seeing and, um, you know, kind of getting to uncover something that's always been there, I uh, started a website, so a very basic website and started social media pages. And I did that uh, probably mid-July. So it took me a few months to get those pictures taken and get that, you know, website up and going. Um, but I knew I needed some content out there before I started the website. So you saw the commercial in February, uh, took your first pictures in April, started the website in July. When did you realize that, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This will be my full-time thing and it's going to work. Yeah. Um, well, I still don't know if it's working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, pretty quickly I, I will say that I, uh, I, the first farm that I went to, I thought this, there's something here. I want to keep doing this. I love this. I get, I love getting to um, see what this woman's day is like, to hear what she has to say, why she does what she does. And um, quite honestly, I mean, I've always loved photography, but my pictures have never looked as good as they look with Farm Her. And I think it's just, you know, I, I absolutely love getting to go and photograph these women. Um, and then, you know, I still didn't really know what I was going to do with it, but um, I, I was hooked from the start, but what happened was, um, right after I launched that website, I get a call from a journalist 
and she wanted to write a story for a publication called Modern Farmer. And uh, it turns out, I mean, they've got they've got a, a huge audience, you right. know, a great spread. And so we did that article. And right after that published, that's when like the ball really started rolling. People started emailing me at a greater rate than I could have ever anticipated saying, you know, we love this. Thank you. I mean, that's what a lot of them were. Um, some of them were come see me, come see what I've got going on. Uh, but it was, I remember one day and this is, you know, remember I, I knew this mattered to me, but I didn't know if it mattered to anybody else. I got like the very first day that that ran, I think I got like 50 emails and I was like, Whoa, you know, these are people that didn't know me at all. And, um, so the press after that first article, it kind of, it seemed like every couple of weeks there was another, you know, really great press requests and a lot of articles written and it got a lot of sharing on social media. And so fast forward to, um, October that fall and I started selling, uh, t-shirts that said farm her on them, just like two different t-shirts because I had realized at that point, I want to keep doing this and I have no idea how to give it legs to, to have it make any sort of an income so that it can keep going. Cause at that point it was just something that, you know, I had funded. Um, but remember I quit my job, so it wasn't something I could keep funding <laughs> for right. very long, right. uh, without any source of income coming back in. So I started selling t-shirts, which is something that I, I never planned on doing, but, um, people had started requesting t-shirts because, uh, you know, it, it didn't strike me when I started it, but the name farm hurt is an identifying term for, uh, that women had started looking at themselves as calling themselves a farm her. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's, that fall was really when I, I would say the business side of it started, you know, where I thought, okay, let's, let's give this some legs. That's fantastic. And, and for those of you listening, I hope you're getting as much uh, enjoyment out of this as I am. This is obviously a very selfish interview because I, I am trying to do a lot of the similar things with ad grad in terms of trying to develop a brand and figuring out, okay, people like it and people can relate to it, but how do we make it sustainable from a, a business perspective? You know, people can like it, but if it doesn't make money, we can't continue to, to do it and grow it. So it's really, really interesting to hear those details. Uh, uh, talk to me more about what you think uh, I identify so well with the brand. I mean, specifically, um, do you think that these women that you're photographing, have they been out there doing this type of role the whole time and just kind of gone, you know, relatively unnoticed? Or is it the fact that women are taking on new and exciting roles and, and you're bringing it to light for the first time? Um, I think a little of both. I think there's a whole lot of, um, this is nothing new. You know, women have been out there. They have been doing this, um, since the beginning of time, since, since we've been growing food, you know, so this is nothing new, but the new part in the novel part, I think is, uh, or at least it was four years ago was to show the women who are involved in agriculture, because I don't think it's, um, it's just a progression of the way of things, you know, in that uh, men used to be kind of the, the strong back of agriculture. You know, you go back uh, 50, 100 years ago, and that was definitely the case. But, you know, women's roles have been changing and they have, I would say, increased. Um, you know, it's not uncommon to find women involved in all different types of farming operations. So, you know, they've always been there, but I think that it's also changing and it's, it's getting more okay. Um, so I, I think that a lot of the, the great feedback that I've gotten has been 
from those women in saying, you know, I guess we didn't really think about, or, you know, we weren't frustrated about, or, or maybe we were, but, um, you know, thank you for, for telling the world that I'm a part of food production as well. And I always, um, I, I want to be the first to say, it's not about taking anything away from the men who are involved in farming. It's just, you know, shining a little bit of light on those women. And I think, um, you know, we all like to have some recognition for what we do. And in agriculture, the work that most people that I meet do um, is is intense. It's constant. It you know, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And it can be a lot of ups and downs. And um, it's not a group of people that oftentimes jump up and down and say, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. But, um, you know, they're they're out there and they're doing it. And um, so I, I think that that's where some of the novelty has come from. Absolutely. And generally speaking, it's not glamorous work. So you're providing it sort of context and you're providing a forum to where you can show it in, in a very, very interesting light in a way that people both in ag and outside of ag can relate to. So I think it's cool because you're establishing sort of community around um, around this brand. Uh, and certainly helpful to that has been the, the TV show. Can, can you talk about how that sort of came about and what that's yeah. been like? Yeah. Uh, so uh, just like I say that I never intended, you know, to sell T-shirts, I never intended either to have a TV show. Um, so, you know, go go back to that fall, that first fall and, you know, still trying to figure out what in the heck, how, how this is going to grow and how it's going to go somewhere. And we started having some events. Um, I did a piece with uh, Market to Market on public television here in Iowa. Um, you know, so we started getting a little bit um, greater coverage in some different areas. We, we launched an online community on our website. It, and when you say you did a piece with market to market, what do you mean you did a piece? What, what, did, what was that like? Uh, so they did uh, like a seven minute feature uh, about farm her where they went and, and went with me to, uh, I think three of the farms that I photographed at and interviewed those women. And um, it was, it was an awesome piece. And really that is what, uh, kind of randomly opened the door for the TV show. So, um, like I said, it wasn't like I was like sending letters to RFD TV saying, Hey, put me on TV or anything like that. Uh, but what happened was the, um, Patrick Gotch, who is the, the president of RFD and he started the company. He, uh, was watching something where he saw that seven minute segment of, of me and farm her and the women that, um, that I photographed through it. And it just so happens that they had been looking for a way to um, create content for women in agriculture about women. And so he saw that and he thought this is the right fit. And um, it was actually his daughter, Raquel, who had been kind of pushing to have some more women focused content on the network. And um, he connected me with her he, I he, literally, I get this call like out of the blue on my cell phone, a message and, um, right place, right time, I guess. And, uh, you know, right thing. So they liked what farm her was and he connected me with her and, uh, she came to one of our events actually here in Iowa. And from there, the ball just rolled. I mean, it was, it, 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 it was a really kind of a tough decision for me though. At first, I mean, of course, um, it's flattering, you know, to, to think about having something like a TV show, but, um, it's, I couldn't fathom how much at, at that point I, I already had a full-time job with from her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, 
I couldn't fathom like how I could add that much more work and travel into uh, my life. And, um, you know, we talked through it, we worked through it, we visited with producers and, um, you know, figured out what that looked like and, and just kind of took a step forward and started filming. And, uh, it, it has worked out. Um, I mean, we've learned a lot along the way. I've learned a lot along the way. Um, but it, it's been pretty cool. And I mean, ultimately the reason that I decided to do it because I could come up with about 200 reasons to say no. Um, but, but putting these stories and these women on such a, um, such a big stage was something that I couldn't say no to. You know, I'd spent my last three years trying my hardest to say, Hey, everybody, look at what these women are doing. This is, this is great work. These are the people who grow your food or, or, um, you know, fiber or, or raise livestock. And, um, so I couldn't turn that down when I, when I first started farm her as uncomfortable as it might be to do interviews or to talk to people about it back then I've gotten a little better. Um, I promised myself that I would never turn down an opportunity to talk to somebody about it because how else was anybody going to learn? And so I kind of really had to push myself when it came to the TV show of making myself comfortable to do that. But again, it, it shines a light on, on these women in a pretty amazing way that I could never have done on my own. Yeah, for sure does. And had you had any experience other than that seven minutes with market to market of, of hosting a TV show? No. So, uh, I'm pretty sure that the videographers and the producer were like panicked when we first started filming because I couldn't even like look at the camera and talk, which I don't have to do very much. I mean, we work very hard to keep it pretty true to what I've always done with farm her. And that's, I go to a farm, I photograph the woman, I, I walk with her, I talk, you know, as she's working through her day and to kind of keep it low key as far as that goes. But I do have to stand and talk to the camera sometimes and just getting that comfort level of how to be on camera and how to ask other people questions that make them comfortable has been a, a big learning experience for me. So I, like I said, I couldn't even like look at the camera at first. They would do like six or seven takes of the same thing. And then we would just be like, let's just not do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it was, it was, uh, Oh, it's been a learning experience. We did 26 episodes the first season and we started filming those about a year ago right now. And those are what are airing right now. And um, it took almost to the end of those for me to start to feel like I was comfortable in my skin to be able to, to do that. So I, I, it's, it's better now. I'm sure there's more growth to be had. But we're, we have started filming season two, which will start airing next September. And I think that you'll notice that hopefully a, a difference in uh, what you see from me and hopefully uh, – the the discussion you know that um i get to have with the women well yeah we're almost 50 episodes into this podcast and i still feel like i have a long way to go in learning <laughs> how to do this part so i can only imagine see you went from insurance to photography <laughs> to owning your own business to being a tv hostess in three years yeah yes i did <laughs> that's incredible <laughs> i feel tired yeah so I, I think there's this perception out there that someone with their own tv show uh you know, if you get your own TV show, you've made it, you know, by that point, the money is just raining down on you. And, and I know you already made the comment here. This is still kind of a, a startup in that you're still kind of figuring it out. Can you talk about those details at all? Yeah, I mean, it that I agree that before I started this, I would have been like, wow, once you get a TV show, yeah, you're at the top of the world. And 
um, you know, we are lucky enough to have that kind of exposure and to have that stage and have that audience to be able to share our story with. But um, I would say that it's almost for us, like just the start of the business again, you know, because it's reinventing it in yet another way. Um, it definitely helps income to have the TV show. I mean, you know, there is um, revenue that comes through on the advertising side. So that is helpful to us, but in no way does it, uh, does it make us go, you know, we're, we're like uh, jumping in piles of money at, in quite the opposite. I mean, it increases the expenses that we have from a business side um, greatly as well. You know, I mean, there's, we have a great partnership with RFD and they produce the show and, and we've got um, kind of a, a partnership situation worked out with them. And um, that's great. And, and what happens when, um, you know, we put ourselves on a bigger stage, we as from her as the business needed to like scale up as well. You know, we need to have a bigger presence at more events, uh, which takes money and people. And, um, you know, we sell more merchandise, which takes, it's, it's great to be selling things, but that also takes a lot of investment in that side of things as well to be able to have the merchandise to sell to people. Um, and, uh, just time, you know, I, uh, I worked for three years for farm her, um, up until about a year, three years from the time I started it without making a dime. And, um, you know, once I did start paying myself, it was like less than I made in my first job out of college. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's nothing glamorous, uh, but it's real. And it's something that I'm, I'm really proud of. And over the last year, um, my team has expanded. We brought on a full-time, um, a full-time person to manage those events that we have, which we're trying to keep expanding those, you know, growing carefully and thoughtfully and providing what we can for our audience and, and events are a great way to do that. Um, and then on the merchandise side, she manages that as well. And, uh, we've got another young woman who's been part-time with us for the last few years and she's coming on full-time in a communications capacity. So with growth comes like growing pains too. You know, you need to make sure everything's consistent. And, uh, I, I won't lie. Sometimes it feels like, like the wheels are coming off the bus from behind the scenes, mm. but, uh, I think that they're actually not, you know, um, this, the little ins and outs and ups and downs of every day, um, that you see. But, um, so yeah, it's, it's, I would definitely not say that we have made it. It it is a process to keep figuring out how we can uh, continue to provide what we're doing and do that in a profitable way. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, I I think we're we're on our way to figuring that out. But, you know, just as soon as I say that, something else happens and I'm like, oh, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What's been the biggest surprise in starting the business? Oh, uh, you know, I, I still go back to, I knew that this mattered to me, but the, the, um, level of growth and the number of people that have reached out to me and, and that it has affected or that care about it, um, has, will never cease to amaze me, you know, um, something as little as, you know, finding something that you care about and, and pursuing how to put it out there. Um, it, it still amazes me that, um, when you introduced me, you said, you know, if you're in agriculture, you've heard of farm her and that quite honestly shocks me still. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it's, 
pretty awesome to, to get to say, okay, you know, I really cared about this and, and now people know about it, you know? So that's, that's amazing. It is. And, and it's, it's a reflection of how you have done in, in executing sort of your, your brand strategy. Could, could you provide us any sort of tips that come to mind when it comes to building brand equity? You know, um, from day one, I, I care about this. Like it's, you know, part of me and, uh, protecting, um, the brand. I mean, number one, you know, from a legal standpoint, protecting the brand, that's been a, an ongoing process of ours. Um, that that's important as far as the branding strategy. Uh, you know, I was talking with someone about this the other day, um, because, you know, we've made a lot of decisions about how to put farm hair out there, what it looks like, where we put it out there. And, at the end of the day, I, I've had many opportunities to, to do things with it and that I've said no to, and it all boils down to what feels right in my gut. And I know that that's not, um, <laughs> that's not like some hard and fast, uh, something that somebody else can write down and go after, but if it feels right, then it probably will be right. And, um, so we're very diligent about making sure we have consistency in how we show our brand, um, we're very diligent about being cautious where we share our brand um, and just, you know, always sticking to, I, I remind uh, myself and my team all the time, if we are not meeting our number one goal, which is shining a light on the role that women play in agriculture, then we are not doing our job. And so, you know, keeping that kind of mission in mind um, with all the decisions we make about the brand um, is key. Definitely. And it's it's interesting to hear you talk about it because it sounds like, you know, you've had to say yes to a lot of things that you didn't know how they were going to work out at all just because they felt right and no to a lot of things that maybe you didn't have a great reason, just didn't feel right. And and that has been a big part of your success is just kind of knowing when to when to say yes and, and sort of when to say no and to focus in on that vision. So that's pretty cool. I, I do think that while a gut feel isn't something you could just give to people, uh, that is telling to know okay, just because you don't know how it's going to work out, if it feels right, you know, you can figure out the details later. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, for example, I've had situations where, um, I could have put farm her somewhere or, um, done something with it or partnered with somebody that would have been a clear path to it, having a, a, a real source of income, um, you know, a couple of years ago and it just didn't sit well with me. And as much as it pained me to like turn down the opportunity for it to, to bring in some money, um, it, I, you know, at the end of the day, I just had to kind of go with the, you know, I think that everything will work out okay, but I just don't feel comfortable about this. So we're not going to go down this path. You're obviously very mission focused as, as you think about the, the vision of what farm her could be looking into the future. Uh, what types of things do you see? Gosh, you know, I, I really struggle with that. I mean, I, because of the way that the ways that it has grown, um, I don't, I never foresaw those coming. Hmm. Um, but one of the things that I have a lot of hope for is expansion of our events. Um, it's great to see people or for people to see from her on TV. It's great for us to interact online, but it's, um, the interaction and the excitement that we get out of the events that we've hosted are, um, pretty awesome. And so I, I, I think that we'll see growth in those events and, um, hopefully 
continue spreading those around for a larger audience, you know, different parts of the country. Definitely, and yeah. uh, our online community, I have high hopes for that as we step forward. Um, you know, there are many ways that people can talk online, whether it's, you know, Facebook or, uh, you know, Twitter or whatever, whatever that is. And um, we created a, a kind of a safe spot where women involved in agriculture can join for free, can talk. And we really hope to expand that community and the offerings that it has, you know, um, maybe help connect people in some different ways through that. And that full-time communications person coming on um, in in uh, the coming weeks will be instrumental in that. So I, I have high hopes for some of the ways that that can grow as well. And all with a, with a goal of connecting women, helping them help themselves, um, you know, creating those networks and, um, you know, being a, a place, a resource for, um, for these women. Before the TV show, what was the most common way people found out about Farm Her? Was there a specific social media platform or uh, what, yeah. what was the number one draw? Uh, social media for sure. So we are a business built on social media. If there was no such thing, people would never have found out about farmer, uh, because, uh, you know, you, you, we had no budget, we had no marketing budget. We, we still don't really, you know, um, that's our, that's our way of reaching people. And, uh, you know, we had our website, we sent out like monthly communications up until, Oh, probably, uh, three or four months ago, we sent out, you know, a monthly newsletter and, and we build our audience that way. Um, but really, that was it is is those pictures and those stories that we would share on social media um, would would be the prime way that people would hear about us, would connect with us. And uh, obviously now that's changed a lot with the TV show. And did you have extensive social media strategy background before this? No, <laughs> just like personal use. I I had no idea what I was doing with any of this, to tell you the honest truth. You know, I say I built the first website. I, I wanted my husband to build it. He works, he's like an IT person and he wouldn't help me. He wouldn't do it because he said, you know, if you're going to do this, you got to build it yourself. And I'm, I'm pretty glad now that he pushed me to do that. But, um, you know, starting those social media pages, I had no idea. I would just read the help pages and like figure it out as I went. And that was kind of the beauty. And it wasn't, it, it grew very organically. You know, I probably made a lot of mistakes along the way, uh, but you know, maybe the audience wasn't as big then and it, it just grows. And so the, the communications person who's coming on full-time about two years ago, she started working on our social media and she has been running it since then. So, um, she definitely knows so much more than I do from the get go. You know, she's had classes, she's had instruction, she's gone to conferences and, and, uh, really focuses on learning in that area. But no, I'm just like a, I got lucky type of person. No, this is so inspiring. I mean, I, I don't think it was luck at all. I think you had a very, very uh, strong passion for your mission and you stayed very focused on that and figured the rest out. So I think this should be an inspiration to anyone listening who has an idea and is worried that they don't have the, the budget or the experience or the time to make it all happen. Uh, I think this is a great example of someone who did. Margie, if, if somebody wants to reach out to you or, or learn more about Farm Her, where would be the first place you would send them online? Our website is farmher.com, F-A-R-M-H-E-R.com. That is the easiest place to find out about anything about Farmher, whether it's our community or events or the TV show. Um, that That's it. 
And if they want to contact me, just send an email to info, I-N-F-O at farmher.com and it will get to me. So um, that, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. I uh, hate to say, you know, that, that while I love the TV show, it has increased the travel in my life greatly. And so email is about the only way to consistently get a hold of me. I've been gone a lot since, uh, since uh, the middle of February this year. So. Well, excited about seeing more episodes, and I was ecstatic to get to meet you in person at the Commodity Classic. It was kind of like meeting a TV star, so it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, so I would definitely encourage everyone to go to some of these farmer events and perhaps get to meet Margie. Margie, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Future of Agriculture podcast. Thanks for having me. I hope you found that to be just as inspiring as I did. It certainly gives me some ideas and some ambition to take ag grad to the next level and to do all I can to pursue what I know in my gut is right and what I am passionate about. So hopefully you got those takeaways as well, saying yes to things that feel right, figuring out the details later, saying no to things that don't feel right. Hey, if you haven't heard, this show is now part of the Farm and Rural Ag Network. You can listen to all sorts of great agricultural content on our website, farmruralag.com or Subscribe to the Farm and Rural Ag Network on iTunes or wherever it is that you find your podcast. Make sure you do so because if you're not listening to those other shows, you are missing out on some fantastic agriculturally related content. And speaking of iTunes, I want to read another review we got this week. And this guy uh, or Garrel, I'm not sure which, has a name that I would have a hard time remembering on iTunes. It is L12345675321. <laughs> it says, excellent. Tim does a great job. I particularly like the ones about new startups and technologies. Well, I hope you like this one about the new startup here today. Thank you for leaving a rating and review. And if you are listening and you haven't done so, please take 30 seconds. Go to iTunes and leave the show a rating and review so that I can read another review next week on the show and so that other people can find agriculturally related content and know about the great things happening in our industry. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast with Tim Hammerich. Visit aggrad.com, that's A-G-G-R-A-D.com today to get connected into careers in the agriculture industry. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.